everyone. Welcome back to our bonus episode coverage of Star Trek Lower Decks. We're talking in the uh, Star Trek Lower Decks Season 3, Episode 1 premiere, Grounded, which originally aired on the 25th of August 20, 2022. I am Bob in Cascadia. That's Matt in the Southland. We are part of Uncanny Tracks. How the hell are you doing tonight, Matt? Doing great, Bob. Let me say this. I can't think of another like franchise where you are rewarded for your vast knowledge of said franchise with these types of episodes. This was like <laughs> amazing. Because I, I, I talked a little bit about this on our uh, Patreon exclusive podcast, X-Men 92 versus Young Justice, and that like my knowledge of certain topics is, is probably, you know, like more of like at a master's level, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And like with Star Trek, I'm probably about that point. You on the other hand are probably more of like a, a PhD at this point with that. I, we could call you Dr. Bob, you know, doctor <laughs> of Star Trek. All right. The number of Easter eggs in this show and just all the things they pay homage to makes this amazing. But at the same time, it still has a good plot. So if anyone is not as familiar with it, you're, you can still enjoy the show. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I think there are other franchises that do have, like, as dense a lore as Star Trek. I mean, like, the big two superhero universes come to mind. But I, I think you're right that I can't think of media properties like Lower Decks that, like, as regularly reward you for having as deep a knowledge of Star Trek as Lower Decks does. Because, like, usually with marvel and dc stuff it's just like oh spot a background character it usually doesn't go further than that right correct yes yeah with this though it's just like you everything we've been talking about some of the stuff i've learned like rewatching ds9 is now in this show and i'm like gosh the amount of like research they must have to do to make sure they fit all these things in is just incredible so I just wanted to go ahead and tell us, you know, that that's, that's, I'm already really high on this. Uh. I, I almost kind of imagine they just have like one person in the, uh, in the writer's room whose job is just to punch up scripts with like obscure Star Trek references. <laughs> but you're right though, that it's not just background stuff. It's also like they, they're like in the right, I guess, I guess what I just said is doesn't really work though. Cause like in the writing, they're mimicking and parroting so many things about previous Star Trek that like it, it can't just be one person like punching it up like actually like at a plot level like, you, you have to be thinking of the stuff you know yeah it just it just it's like you just keep peeling you know what i mean like it's just like yeah. there's so many good things here all right so let's hit the a plot bob so in the a plot of grounded our fantastic four try to clear captain freeman's good name from a packlid frame job yeah man so did you like that uh homage to uh, babylon 5 with the fnn opener bob that was cnn they were making fun of CNN. As much as you want it to be a B5 reference, it is totally not. I, I love that you just spend a good five minutes talking about the density of reference in this show. And it has plots. to be in universe, Bob. <laughs> has to be in universe. I don't want them like putting damn Iron Man in lower decks. See, see, this is the problem with modern fans is you're too purist and you're too into borders, man. Like you can you can reference other things. It's fine. No, Bob, I don't want them to do that. Then it becomes family guy. 
Ooh, oh, oh, you, yeah, oh, god damn, that was a good parry. I, uh, you stabbed me in the side in a fair fight, and I'm hurt now. Oh, oh, god damn it, god damn it. Okay, uh, you, you wounded me so much, I won't continue the argument, and I will just express a point that I've also expressed on another show we do, Matt, about Babylon 5, where I've said that the idea that the CNN news format will survive centuries into a space future is like the most deeply dystopian thing I can imagine. Yeah, that's insane. I'm really, it is insane. I'm really hoping it goes away. Like, I get most of my news from, like, Google and reading, but the whole format of, like, two people sitting at a desk or a person sitting at a desk giving you the news is just, ugh. Uh, best way to get your news is uh, there's a great podcast called American Prestige, and uh, they do a, they do a foreign policy news roundup every week that's only about 20, 30 minutes, and it's just... Uh, Two guys, uh, one of whom's a college prof at UW, and one of whom uh, I think got a PhD but didn't become a prof. Um, just talking through very the various foreign policy news. It's actually great, very short, very to the point. Sometimes funny. Oh, I thought you were going to say Newsmax. <laughs> oh man, uh, I I did watch Tucker Carlson's monologue last night, inspired by a friend, and it actually was really funny. I will say that. <laughs> Not because it's true, people. Not because it's true, but it's just very well done television. <laughs> it's not true. It's it's scur it's scurrilous lies spread by a guy who regularly parrots neo-Nazi talking points. But he's very good at his job, and it's very funny. Well, with that, Bob, let's talk about the uh, the news that was uh, scrolling across the yeah, screen. Yeah, speaking of CNN, right? So we've got you got Admiral Jellico from the Next Generation Chain of Command. He uh, bans the Choo Choo Dancers. I was I didn't remember the choo-choo dancers, but I, I mean I know who Jellico is, and apparently he's been promoted, so good for him. Yeah, yeah. In the New Frontier novels, in which he's a regular presence, he's he's also an admiral. See, there you go, Bob. That's that that's that doctorate talking. Yeah, man. Joe Biden could have paid your student loans. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Biden didn't give me shit. Yeah. <laughs> The six-year-old Zach Adorn wins the uh, the game. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, strate strategium? Strategium? Strategma? Strategma? God, something like I don't, that. I don't know what it's called. But anyway, that kid won that. And that was a reference to a Next Generation episode peak performance. And then you have a super deep cut. Sony Clemens from the Neutral Zone episode has people storm the stage at his country concert. <laughs> yeah man i love sonny clemens he's one of my favorite uh one episode star trek characters he's from atlanta don't you know yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah it's great it's great glad he's still touring glad he's still inspiring the fans with his music yeah i another thing that really really amused me this episode was so mariner is like going off on her admiral father in his office and she starts whining about how pointless the golden gate bridge is well, I mean, they have flying cars and teleporters, Bob. I mean, what the fuck do you need with a bridge? I mean... What does God need with a starship? What, is a, uh, what does a teleportation society need with a bridge? <laughs> yeah. I think it's just there to remind us that Starfleet Headquarters is in San Francisco. Yes, you've, you've, you've identified its narrative function, if not its function in-universe. <laughs> so, now in the intro to uh, Lower Deck Season 3, we see that the, Cer the Cerritos is fleeing a four-way battle uh, between the Borg, the Romulans, the Paclids, and the Crystalline Entity, from also from Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, apparently they added stuff last season too. We just didn't catch it because we're. Just... Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I noticed. All right. Oh, you did. 
Well, yeah, yeah. It was Borg. It was just Borg and Romulans in season one, and then they added the Paclids in the intro um, in season two. You know, to kind of signify the greater role the Paclids had last season as big bads. Okay. Well, I guess is a crystalline entity going to be our big thing here this time around? I mean, they might, but like the Borg and the Romulans didn't really show up, so it's not really a sure bet, you know? Yeah, that's true. Well, I, I take that back. In season one, they did they did have the whole Borg simulation on the holodeck. But so that's maybe, a simulation. That doesn't yeah. count. And did they do did they do much with the Romulans? I can't remember anything really off the top of my head. No, I don't. I don't remember anything I'm talking about either. All right, so I do want to take a second, Bob. Let's just talk about these different throwback settings we had we see in a single episode. We have Boimler. Okay. He's like channeling his inner Picard and his family's vineyard, where they cultivate raisins, not wine, raisins. Did you see the tweets about that where they were, I think the first girl in the, in the dress you would more traditionally associate with like a Mexican peasant, like apparently that's like straight out of like a 1980s raisin ad. No, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I saw somebody pointing that out on Twitter. So like, you know, it, to, to, you know, to reinforce my Babylon five point, Matt, they're already expanding their frame of reference oh, beyond shit. Star Trek. <laughs> Or was it just a coincidence? I mean, it didn't... no, no, no. <laughs> they 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 put them together, and it was not a coincidence. Oh <laughs> the... man! Well, yeah. then we have Cisco's Krill Kitchen, Bob. Hell yeah, baby! Hell yeah! That was an awesome locale. There was an al uh, the alligator, or it's either alligator or crocodile. I don't remember, but there was an alligator in the in the background. Which oh Jake, damn, I missed that. Yeah, Jake actually referenced that multiple times in that episode. Of like PS9. on the wall. No, it's hanging. Like, uh, what's Cisco's dad's name? Jack. Uh, Joseph, right? Joseph. Joseph. He he said that he he told um, Jake on multiple occasions that he every night the alligator would come down and he have to wrestle it and put it back up there. It's oh damn, of, man! You're you're schooling me on this. I it, I never heard this. It was a sweet. Well, you can thank YouTube. All right, so. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. Uh, re I'm gonna have to rewatch this because I totally missed that. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a blink and you miss, blink and you miss it kind of thing. So I love the kitchen. I love the outfits they were wearing. Obviously, oh, yeah, the outfits are great. They were wearing that straight out of Jake Cisco's closet. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of Cisco's Creole Kitchen, man, I really, really want to try some Catcher Cell White Hot Sauce on some gumbo. That sounds yeah. delicious. Yeah, and this is what I'm saying. If you know what Catcher Cell is, you've had to pay attention for a long time to trek. <laughs> like, I mean, it's crazy how much you have to know, like, to, it, but you could still enjoy it though. You could still enjoy the scene, even if you didn't know, cause it's, it's a hot sauce gag. I mean, it Boimler, obviously yeah, yeah. I, I would have been Boimler in the scene. I can't stand hot shit, but you know, well, you'll be, you'll be happy to know, Matt, as that I, as I age, I get a lot weaker from that hot sauce. So, but we also go to Bozeman, Montana, which, you know, has the, the first contact experience, the, the theme park. <laughs> and, and they even turned like the playground into the Vulcan ship. I don't remember the name oh, of it, man. but it's there. I miss I miss that that part about the playground of the Vulcan ship too. I really need to rewatch this episode. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. It's just brilliant. Don't you, don't you think it would be really funny if uh, actual Bozeman creates its own historical Bozeman to attract Star Trek tourists? Yeah, I would drag my wife there under the guise of some like bed and breakfast experience. 
be like, we're going to Bozeman, Montana. There's all this wilderness and, you know, it's going to be lots of fun and it's just us and nature. And then we're going to show up at this theme park. She's going to be pissed. Uh, your, boy, your boy could come. I'm not, Seattle's not that far away from me, okay. relatively speaking. Or, I mean, if you want to have a romantic getaway with your wife without your best friend, that's fine, Matt. That's fine. Uh, all right. Did you catch, uh, you, when you go back and rewatch, you, did you catch uh, Thirst Contact, which was the name of the, of the cafe? No, no. I when when I saw that in the notes, I was like, "Is Matt just asking me if I've seen some Star Trek porn?" No. <laughs> like, is that that's what I assumed it was? Yeah, they named the they named the cafe Thirst Contact, which I thought was just brilliant. Oh, somebody damn. needs to, God, somebody could copyright that shit. You're you're, uh, you're owning me on the background stuff, man. I didn't I didn't catch any of that shit. Well, there was so much. It was just crazy how much there was in this. And. I, I do, I do want to point out just for my own self-respect, like I did, ha- I, somebody had to point the raisin thing out to me. I never would have gotten that, but I literally did like ha- pause the, the fucking Paramount Plus multiple times to jot down what they were saying on the scroll. I knew, I knew all that from my memory. Dang. Yeah, you did a, you did, you did good there. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. get that far though. I was, I saw the scroll and was like, shit, Bob will catch this. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like your your job is prophecies, Matt. My job is is CNN scrolls. That's yeah. that's our division of labor on this podcast. <laughs> but going back to the whole first contact thing though, we James Cromwell is is back. Oh hell yeah, that was so great, man. I he's have you seen him in anything else? He's one of my favorites. Yeah, I have. He was in a LA Confidential. And yeah, that's what I love him from. He plays the the evil Irish cop Dudley Smith in LA Confidential, which is an all time one of my favorite characters in general. And I love how Cromwell plays him. And I, he, I love Cromwell. I love Cromwell too, Bob, when he's not gluing himself to Starbucks counter over the extra price <laughs> of plant based milk. But other than hey, that, man, he's, he's awesome. right. It's it, if we're gonna save the planet, we got to get plant based substitutes cheaper than meat and animal products. I agree, but super gluing yourself to a Starbucks counter. <laughs> eh, it, they're fine they're, Matt in Seattle there's like Starbucks on every block you don't like it you go to the next block uh, <laughs> you walk in and James Cromwell's there <laughs> you're like oh, turn around go to the other one. Oh, it's James Cromwell day in the Seattle Starbucks in Seattle Starbucks number 37 yeah you remember you remember him from anything else uh, I feel like I do but no I bet you remember the movie talk. Babe Matt oh yeah he's the farmer duh yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, the yeah farmer. he's the farmer yeah and then the other, he, I haven't seen this show yet, although I hear it's great, but he uh, plays a boyfriend of the mother in Six Feet Under. Okay. Yeah. I've only, I've only watched a couple of episodes of that. That's the show that made Michael C. Hall big before Dexter. Well, that's the reason I was going to watch it, but <laughs> it's just like, eh. Oh man. I mean, I don't think we should do a podcast on it, but we, I, we should, we should synchronize a, a, us watching that sometime. That'd be fun. Yeah, we should. That's, that's one we both haven't seen, so. It'd be a different experience. All right. (laughs) Oh, man. So when we do uh, actually get the evidence from Boimler's logs that, you know, would nominally would nominally free Captain Freeman and clear a good name. I really do love Mariner's response, which is just no court is going to believe this blooper reel. Yeah. Boimler has some very disgusting things on his log that just. Hey, man, he's putting the personal and personal log. All right. (laughs) I don't think that's what captains really record, but yeah, yeah it's disturbing. <laughs> yeah. I also like that. I mean, I always suspected this, but we learned this in this episode that Mariner can beat up the other three all at once. Yeah, she can. And then 
launch them off in the shuttle. <laughs> when they returned in that shuttle, though, Bob, there was one Easter egg they could have put in here that would have made my day, and I wanted it to happen so bad. I was waiting for it. It didn't happen. The shuttle comes flying into the into the docking bay very uh-huh. quickly. All right? Uh-huh. If you remember in Star Trek V, <clears throat> they did the same thing. But when they come in, these, like, nets shoot up as it comes into the docking bay to, like, slow it down. Yeah. I was just yeah. waiting for... But, see, I was waiting for the shuttle to roll... And then I just wanted to see where the net shoot over the top of it. <laughs> it would have been the best sight gag. So the only the only thing I can reply to that is Matt. What does a twenty fourth century starship need with a net? Yeah. <laughs> True. I'm just <laughs> yeah. saying, lower decks writers, you had a chance there. Come on, that's the one Easter egg you could have put in there. <laughs> Out of all three thousand. I totally forgotten that until you mentioned it, and then I I meditated, and it came to me that it was Star Trek Five, but I didn't remember it very well at first. What are you fucking Jakar? What is this? You're meditating about this? <laughs> I meant meditated in a in I meant meditated in a broader sense, but since Star Trek is for me as close as a religion as there is, I you know, you're you're welcome to take it in a more religious sense. Yeah, Bob's like sitting in his tub like cross legged, like sitting there just humming, trying to remember like Star Trek five. I try to remember all the meditation instructions Chakotay gives over Voyager over the course of years. Chakotay. <laughs> oh, man. I did enjoy the ship being stranded into in a uh, space creature orgy, and I also really did enjoy how Tindy kind of bluffed that into, obviously, this is science, and Starfleet security needs to leave us alone and let us do our job. Yeah, that was disgusting. <laughs> they just kept getting splooged on. It was so bad. It's <laughs> like... Spleeched and shocked. It was a powerful combination. Yeah. It was was a funny scene, but it was was pretty disgusting, I have to say. So did you uh, enjoy the guest appearances by Captain Fraser Crane and Tuvok? Okay, Bob. I'm going to be honest here, and this is going to make me sound really stupid, but I didn't realize that was supposed to be Kelsey Grammer. They had him like the stealth outfit that Picard wore in Next Gen. Oh, yeah, yeah, they did, didn't they? I didn't know that was supposed to be that guy. I just thought it was a dude, and then because I'd forgotten the captain's name was a Bo is a Bozeman. Uh, I believe it, though Bozeman is the ship. Interesting. Oh, maybe that's why they did it because it's Bozeman, Montana. The ship's Bozeman. No, the captain's name is uh, Morgan Bateman. Bateman. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I'd forgotten the captain's name, and I didn't recognize the. It, it didn't really look much like Fraser to me in that first scene. Now the second part where they're all leaving the courtroom. That looked like Kelsey Grammer, so, but I okay. didn't put two and two together. So what, now that I've got, now that I know this, I can go back and rewatch it and be like, oh, okay, gotcha. But then the Tuvok thing was awesome. I will say that I like the Tuvok thing. Yeah, do, pulling a Star Trek six. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no that that was that was quite something, wasn't it? That was quite something. Were you surprised by how quick the end of the episode reset the show's status quo? Not really, because Star Trek does this with all its like season finale, season premiere type things, where you have like a cliffhanger in the finale. They usually wrap it up in the season premiere. I think it just fit that whole routine. Yeah, yeah, I, I wasn't thinking about it quite in those terms, but you're exactly right that that's pretty much like it's in the grand tradition of like wild uh, season ending cliffhanger, and then season two immediately contains what whatever they introduced in season one. Yeah, they're just following the pattern. Do you think the Packlids though were actually responsible, or are we gonna discover later that it was something else? I, I assume it was actually the Packlids, but I mean, hell, may, maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Well, Bob. Great episode. Let's talk character of the week. 
My character of the week goes to the Zephyr Cochran hologram. I mean, that's a bold and good choice, man. I support it. That's That was my favorite character this episode. Although the main cast was awesome. All of them were. Yeah, everybody had a everybody had a great uh, episode. I loved everybody's sweaters. Very good sweaters. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll give it to Tindy. I really enjoyed her bluff about uh, you know the scientific study of the space orgy. That was great. Um, yeah, so Tindy's before great. we sign off, I think we did want to kind of raise the issue of why why we're not comparing this episode to another show, as is you know usually our metier on Uncanny Treks. Yeah, but why aren't we comparing it to anything? I mean, it's kind of a good question. I mean, partly it's just because, like, you know, the show had already run a season when we when we'd started the podcast and when we were covering. So we just kind of covered season two as it came out Um, of current shows coming on. The only thing it makes sense for me to pair this up with is Harley Quinn. And, you know, I, I even though the humor is similar and it's similar deep cut stuff, I don't know. I don't like Harley Quinn that much. I like I like this show a lot better than I like Harley Quinn. So I don't really want to do that. But I guess that's something we could have done. Going back to what we mentioned at the top of the show, Bob, uh, you know, trying to find anything that has that same kind of, where you have to have this vast knowledge of the topic before you watch the show to get all the Easter eggs and everything. <laughs> like, I think Harley Quinn probably would fit into that because I've watched a couple of episodes and there are some yeah, pretty same. deep cuts, but I, I just don't think it's on the same level. And I, you're absolutely right. I, 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 it may be worth us just watching the first episode of Harley Quinn and just saying, okay, hmm, is this something we can uh, we can do? Yeah, although it's like would, at this point we would have to like if we were to do that, we were to like we'd have to re-record on season two, right? Oh hell no, we're not doing that. So no, guys, we're just going to be covering and recapping Lower Decks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. Sorry, Harley All Quinn. Right. You can continue. Sorry. Hopefully you won't be pulled from HBO Max. I think it's probably done, man. Like, I think it's all, I think pretty much every DC thing on HBO Max is done. Oh. Except for Peacemaker. Peace, if anything has a shot of continuing, unfortunately, it's Peacemaker. There's going to be some, like, documentary one day, like how John Cena saved DC Comics or some shit. Oh my God! If, if if it rests on John Cena, then just let it die, baby. Let it die. And, and The Rock and Black Adam. It's like all these WWE got, wrestlers save the DC universe. I got I got no I got no strong feelings about The Rock or Black Adam, but I, I got I got as you know very strong anti Cena feelings. All right, Bob. All right. Well, that with that tangent completed, this has been our coverage of the Star Trek Lower Deck Season 3 premiere. We are a part of Uncanny Treks. Check us out with our possibly ongoing coverage of Babylon 5 versus Star Trek DS9. Find us on Patreon for X-Men 92 versus Young Justice, a very high-quality show. And uh, we will see you again next week. I'm Bob in Cascadia. That's Matt in the Southland. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>